felt great <laughs> it had a very groovy beat it, it actually made me start moving my shoulders a yes little bit. <laughs> welcome to life karma in our weekly podcast it's great to have you here thank you we're missing Bo. yes and johnny walker yeah. Bo and johnny walker have lives me and sam do not yes this is ba and this is sam yeah ba and sam yep yep you guys are stuck with us you guys are getting on the young guys yeah. Today. Sorry about that. I don't really care, though. Yeah, well, with that intro music, you know, we have to ask the question, what does it mean to be a bad guy? Oh, my gosh. I know. You know what it means to be a bad guy? Bo and Johnny Walker not being here. That means you're a bad guy. Listen, brother. Me and Bo Bracken over at the Unapologetic Podcast. We are the cream of the crop, brother. Hey, there's no one better than us. Yeah, what about the kind of keep your promise and then oh say gosh. you'll do something and then don't? I know, and I love talking trash on them while they're not here. That's like seriously my favorite part about all this right now. Yeah, we can tra- we can talk trash because Bo's going to edit this and we can let him. Mm-hmm. Hey, Bo, how's it feel that you're going to edit this and you're not even on it? Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Big Daddy. <laughs> I guess you got other things. Hmm, interesting. That's how it's going to be then. Okay, continue. Yes, yes, indeed. Thanks. <laughs> you know, with your yeah. lovely bride about yeah. three weeks away from delivery. Oh my gosh. You I got a lot that. of stuff to do, my brother. Dude, I remember three weeks before Emily delivered a baby, I was like getting ready for law school finals. So I probably wasn't the most available husband mentally, emotionally, anything. Sounds like Bo is doing a lot better job of being emotionally available. Uh, where, I mean, where were you three weeks before? Yeah, I was. I'm a total deadbeat dad when it comes to stuff like that. I, I'm like, I was in graduate school or I was working frantically. And I mean, I was always there when the baby came because yeah. Kim did Lamaze and all that. Right. <clears throat> Sorry. No. But she did Lamaze and so natural, El Natural birth. Wow. No epidural, no nothing. No, just boom. For, for all of them? For all four. Like kablam. Not, no epidural. You know, every time Emily was like, I'm not going to do an epidural. Yeah. Well, and Kim, then every time I was like, give it to me. Yeah. Kim was like, when Kim wanted the epidural, it was too late. She was already ready. The baby's coming out. So it didn't help her. So much symbolism there. Yes. On so, both ends. On, so much symbolism on both ends. <laughs> that is so true. Oh, my goodness. So and we true. are clearly drinking. Sam's got my favorite flavor of bang that I brought over for him. Miami Cola. If you have not tried it, get out there and try one now. Miami it's cola. Tasty. It's like a it's like a cherry cola almost. Yeah. With a nice kick. The aftertaste is actually really nice on it yeah, too. The aftertaste is actually good. Nice little surprisingly. Yeah. So maybe I'm not hyper enough today, so I need to have a little bang. <laughs> <laughs> a little Give me a bang. Uh, I wish we were spo- 
knows if Bang ever listens, we'd love to be sponsored by Bang. Oh, oh my, just cases, cases. Of Send bang. us cases. And then we could give it away. I'm you not can, giving it away. I'm sorry. I'm not going to give it just away. Just have the I'm bang. Drink it all. I've decided that this. I'm going to go out with a bang. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's all these negative. This, you know, you're like when you have these energy drinks, oh you know, gosh. you have to stroke out. I'm like, might as well stroke out if you're going to do it. Like, uh, just bang, go out with a bang, boom. Yeah, and who really cares about us in our 70s, anyways? By the time we get there, no one's going to care. Doesn't even matter. Like, no, I don't think it matters at all. I think it matters zero. Anyway, so we got a new <clears throat> hoodie dropping this week. So I think you're going to figure it out, like what it looks like by the end of us talking today. But one day, I mean, we really wanted to talk about how the world or just in general, your neighborhood, whatever is upside down, the things that are upside down. And we all know they're wrong, but we're really not doing too much about it. <clears throat> you know, I guess you could start anywhere. Really, well, You know, there's a Southern joke that says if your feet smell and you're, um, if your nose runs and your feet smell, you're built upside down because your feet are supposed to run and your nose is supposed to smell. Well, the South always has good things. But yeah, I, mean, I was thinking the first thing that always comes to my mind is just society, what society values in general. You know, I, and not because I'm a lawyer, I always go specifically to the court system. And the two things it seems like that judges don't care about enough that they should is the area of criminal law and family law. Like the two things that affect our society the most when it comes to the law is criminal and families. I mean, how many statistics does everyone always hear about? Oh, if you come from a broken home, you're more likely to commit a felony or you're more likely to do this. Or most NFL players came from um, homes that didn't have dads or how, you know, like in most dropout failures because of this, you know, the home or criminal. It's all interrelated. It's all upside down. And we've learned to value other things. I mean, I've heard, heard, I was listening to, I can't remember the comedian's name, but he was freaking hilarious. But he was, he basically was dropping the joke that he was going to do his kids a favor because he figured out that most people that make professional sports come from um, a single, like a mom or single dad's house. So he's like, I went and told your mother, we're getting a divorce so that you guys can make it to the NFL. <laughs> so you can make it to the NBA. Yeah. We're getting a divorce. That's pretty trippy. Right? So to me, it's always like, okay, that's that's always where I begin when I hear things are upside down is I just think about those two things and how they f affect society, yet we can't get judges to care about it. You know? Yeah. They, they don't care about it enough. And then us, I think, as a society, don't care about it enough. Well, I think you see, you see uh, the absolute destruction of the family unit happening. <clears throat> there's just the families on it, you know, it's under attack and um, all the things that bring, you know, closeness and familiarities from families, the good positive role modeling, you know, um, with families really matter. Um, if you have, if you have really bad examples, bad models, then you're more likely to, to uh, mimic that bad behavior. And if you can see, what a functional marriage looks like as a kid, you're, you're more happy yeah. to have a functional it's marriage. True. If you see dysfunction, if you see abuse, if you see, you know, things that tear families apart, then you're more likely to engage in those kind of behaviors because, because they lay tracks in your brain. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, they do. But stay there though. I want to ask you a question then. You said the family's under attack. I, I always hear that. Yeah. And I agree with that. But then I always got to break it down as to, what is attacking the families? 
like what is it specifically that, that us as a society is okay with certain things that are, are attacking the family? Well, I, I think the, the, the answer to that question begins in the definition of what a family is. You know, uh, you know, 50 years ago, the family was mom, dad, and the kids, right? And grandma, grandpa, cousins, aunts, and uncles. Today, I think the family is a far different uh, ecosystem than it was 50 years ago. I think the family today is a hodgepodge of all sorts of different things. Like, so I grew up in a, a completely whacked out dysfunctional family. And, and what, I, what I found, I, what I did was I, I went to where I saw models of good behavior and I just sort of said, hey, can I hang out with, can I hang out with you guys, right? right? So, yeah. um, so even though um, I didn't have good models, I, tr I had good bad models. Right. And then I tried to find models that have helped me. So I think the first thing that we need to understand is what a family is today is entirely different than what it was 50 years ago, right? right? The second thing, when I say the family's under attack, I think all human beings need to feel valued, loved, appreciated, and understood. And um, I think in the family, it, we're having less and less unconditional love, less and less understanding, less and less acceptance, more and more division, more and more ignorance. And these things all attack the family. Um, there should be a place that we all can go, whether we make good decisions or bad decisions, mm -hmm. where people love and accept you. Now, if, as long as it's not harming them and it's self-injurious or you know, you're, you know, you're trying to uh, harm your family, bring them something into it. I mean, there are so many arguments and so much, so much uh, separation and, and families being torn apart over trivial crap, right? And then when you add addiction and when you add abuse into that mix, it gets even worse. But, but um, where's the safety? You know, where's the safety in the home? Where is the learning in the home? Where's the comfort and acceptance in the home? Where's the, where's the love, the nurturing? Um, I see that just be, being, being something of the past. I see technology taking the place of love and nurturing and learning. I see, you know, I see the way that um, social media changes people's behavior and, and access cocaine to their, you know, to their frontal lobe. And they have this kind of addiction to it all. Um, it all takes away from, you know, having good family time. I mean, how many of us today gather as a family and do fun, pr positive, productive experiences, right? Or how, Play many, games. how many of us want to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or when you gather as a family, everybody's on their phone. They're all in the same room, and, and there's six cell phones, and everybody is attacked to, uh, you know, connected to a screen right. instead of a human being. So, so I think the answer to that is fairly complex. It's vast and complex. So um, I think that we need to have strategies to thwart that attack and uh, spend good quality time with family and have times of listening, understanding, love and respect and acceptance and all that kind of stuff. I think, I think one thing that I've noticed is it seems like family is no longer a forever thing. It's a stage of life thing. It's like, um, it's like going to high school, going to college, get married, have a family, get a divorce, move on. It, it, it's just a, it, it has become a stage of life. And I think for me, at least in my experience, I think the first step would be actually wanting to have a family. Oh yeah. Just wanting one, just wanting one. There's, there's nothing that drives me more crazy that someone, someone says, yeah, 
I'm on my second one. My, I had my starter wife, and then this is my second wife, and then what about your third wife? And I'm like, well, want to. Well, where's the issue? Yeah, I mean, where's like the issue. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get, I didn't get married to get divorced. No, and, but you have limits, right? Like everyone has limits. You're gonna have a spot where it's like, yeah, oh, okay, we can talk about unconditional love, but that really doesn't exist. I mean, because here's ooh, my opinion. You have. Ooh, I want to hear more about that. Yeah, that does not exist. Okay, unconditional love does not exist. It does not exist. It exists for one person. And that's Jesus. That's it. He he basically had that. You know, he did have that. He encouraged us to have it. But we don't have. There's. I don't think it's. And this is my personal opinion. I don't make it. I might. You guys might want to kill me for it. But listen, I don't think unconditional love exists in the human, because you can't tell me. And of course, I'm going to go to ultimate crazy examples, right? Because I'm mm-hmm. a lawyer. That's what we're always cynical. But you can't tell me that if your wife abused your children day after day for years that you stay with her. You know what I mean? You can't tell me that if your husband beats you every day and try, you know, does those type of things to you that you're going to stay with him. I mean, does unconditional love have boundaries to humans? I think I think I believe in unconditional love um, based on how you define it. Well, yeah, but the fact that it even needs okay, if it's unconditional, why does it need a definition? Well, everything needs a definition. But not if it's unconditional. Yeah, it is. What's unconditional? Unconditional is everything. Is it? Is it? I'm asking you. Like to something me it is. When, when I hear <laughs> something can't come from nothing. You see, we already disagree. So if you say <laughs> it all begins with the definition of terms, yeah, man. It's, it's like I'm in front of a judge right now. So <laughs> unconditional. Let's see. I want to hear the Sam Bracken definition of just the word unconditional. Because conditional. Well, well, unconditional is probably if you look at Webster's dictionary, dictionary probably goes something like this. Um, Without condition, <laughs> you know, and, and you know, unconditional something without condition, like some kind of matter of fact thing without condition. Well, yeah. So I just looked it up. Here we go. Unconditional, not subject to any, any conditions. conditions. Mm. So, so if it's not subject to any conditions, it has no limits. Okay, I'm gonna put a broom in your spoke. A, a broomstick. A broomstick. Sorry. <laughs> A broom, a whole broom in your spoke would be pretty. Okay, here's a, here's a broomstick. Here's a stick in your spoke. How's that? I like it. Every mother that has given birth that's a decent human being will love their child even if they're an axe murderer. I'm shaking my head no. I disagree with you. They will, they will have some kind of admiration. Well, admiration is different than well, love. Well, they'll have some kind of love. No, they won't. Yes, they will. Be they fake. gave birth. They carried the fake. kid until it was evicted. Then it's fake. For nine months. It's not fake. How I could think, it be fake? I don't see how um, you... Okay, if my child is an axe murderer. If you have unconditional love for your son, the, uh, the axe murderer, or your daughter, the axe murderer, so I'm not sexist here. So if either one then you're putting yourself in a conditional space where it could cause harm to yourself. No, it, that has nothing to do with that. But I think it, you can it love does. somebody. You can love somebody, even though people do it all the time. People are wretched pieces of human crap, but their mother loves them. Well, then I think our, our, our definition of love is different. Oh, absolutely. There's what the Greeks said. There's eight definitions of love. Yeah. Ethos, panos, yeah, whatever. So many. Yeah. The, the, my favorite definition of the Greeks is... Um, to look for the good. Love means to look for the good. 
And I like that definition because I can apply that in a lot of ways, even when someone's a complete asshole. Yeah, I agree. Well, I say, well, they're good at being an asshole. I mean, you know, it keeps me out of the emotional. It keeps me from sucking me in to get all triggered and mad at people if I can just look to their good, even if I disagree with them, it helps me be a better person. So let me change your example here just a little bit and tell me what you think when I change your example this way. A mother will always have a connection with her child, even if they're an axe murderer, but not unconditional love. What do you think about that? Connection. I, I think, I think unconditional love, I think that they will always love their children. So without so, condition all right so as a mother or a father when you have unconditional love what does that then tie you to what is the um by factor of that i mean if, if i have unconditional love for my son who's an axe murderer what does that mean does that mean i'm willing to let him into my house and nope. hand him an axe does not mean that you can have barrier you can have boundaries and barriers i mean you can you know, can just, be for you can so, be safe, but that doesn't mean you don't love your son. So unconditional love has boundaries. Yes. Okay, then it's not unconditional. It can't be unconditional. Yeah. What's the definition of a boundary? Oh, it's the same thing. It's a condition, and I think unconditional is not subject to any conditions. Is a boundary a condition, or uh, it is a constraint? A boundary is a constraint, I'll, not I'll, a condition. I'll put this way. No, come on. A boundary's got to be a condition. How is a boundary a condition? It's a constraint. It's not a constraint. something you've conditioned. You've decided that this condition includes this outcome. No, it's, it's a physical constraint, an emotional constraint. It's some kind of, it's some kind of drawing a line in the sand. It's a, it's a, it's a barrier. It's a boundary. All right. Well, then that means it's conditional. No, it's not. It's conditional. What's conditional about that? It's conditional because you've decided that there's a boundary. No, you can love somebody and have boundaries with them all day long. Right. That's why it's not unconditional love. I think we're picking that shit out of pepper here, actually. <laughs> Welcome to my brain. Yeah, your brain is pretty detailed. And... Um, very fascinating. Just welcome to my freaking brain all yeah, he, freaking day long. He has a fascinating brain. I actually Gosh, like talking. Sucks. You should um, you should hear us when we're like in business meetings or like at church together. Oh, geez, it's hilarious. Church together. We're like in Sunday school and we're talking and like we ask questions a Sunday school teacher does not like to answer. No, well then I'll be Sam will be Sam will be taking the most awesome notes, like <laughs> totally into it, and I'll I'll lean over and be like, that's not true. Oh, that's not true either. That's wrong. He'd be like, shut up, Brian. Shut up. Yeah, because then, you know, we create the controversy and then we embarrass our wives because they're like, mm -hmm. did you hear what those guys said at church? And I'm like, yeah. well, that's because we're real people. But yeah. you know, yeah. such is life. Real, so Real people with real questions. I would so. give you the, the win on the unconditional love thing because I wouldn't say it's impossible. I'd say it's very, 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 very difficult to love unconditionally. I would say that Mother Teresa is probably the closest form mm -hmm. to a human being that loved unconditionally besides um, Jesus. like Jesus, right? So um, he probably lived unconditionally. Mother Teresa is the closest thing as a human that I've ever um, learned about. And, you know, like guys like Gandhi, I think Gandhi loved um, fairly unconditionally once he got his enlightenment. Um, I think... Guys like Martin Luther King, I think, um, I think there have been figures in history that have learned to put their 
own needs and their own desires and wants to the side and for a bigger purpose for a larger purpose and, and right. part of that was love and accepting people um or, or part of that could just be the right thing to do you know like in life there's just some things that are right to do like what's right give me an example of what's right to do uh the way what what, what brought that to my mind was when you said martin luther king it's like it's right that black people should have the same rights as white people. Of course. You know what I mean? Like that was something that was just right. Yeah. Women being able to vote. That was something that was just right. Yeah. Now, obviously there's been things in history that are just wrong. Yeah. So what about what's, so how would you explain what's going on in our government right now with the, with the whole house divided and everybody wanting to impeach the president? Uh, yeah. Is that right? I mean, let there, me tell you why it's there's, wrong. There's millions of people who think it's right. There is, there is. There's millions of people who think it's right. And there's millions of people who think it's wrong. And I guess what I don't agree with either of them. I agree it's wrong for one simple reason. It has nothing to do with Trump or the left or the right. It has to be with stop freaking wasting my tax dollars. Oh, absolutely. Like go, go make some laws and legislate. Stop fighting. Yeah. Like, like we we don't stop. elect we don't elect people to to impeach or to fight or to villainize we elect people to go govern get stuff done yeah. and what, what's what's not happening is governing no it's and not. that's what pisses me off and i think that's what that's what's pissing the american people off is our legislatures are not governing and um that's what they were elected to do to govern well yeah we have we as a people have less power than we ever have in my opinion i don't care who's president or not we have less power and control than we used to and it's because we allow our representatives on the left and the right to waste our money on stuff that's really just getting ready for another election. Let's just call it what it is. That's what it is. I don't care who wins. It's all about getting ready for the election. Yeah, so that's upside. So money. that's an example of something upside down. Can I tell you a funny one that's upside down? Yeah. There's never enough cheese on pizza. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah, like, what the hell's up with that? Seriously? You can't put cheese on my pizza? Like, it, I seriously feel like every freaking time I order pizza, there's never enough cheese on it. And even if you order extra cheese. Yeah. That's because cheese is the probably the most expensive item on a pizza besides don't the, care the toppings. But, it, but, but how do you explain if I order extra cheese and pay for it and I still don't get enough? They still are. They're, it's yeah, just it's stupid. It's quota. They're just they're, they're minimizing cost and making things efficiently. You know, I just thought of one place that actually does do it right when it comes to the cheese. What? The pie. I was going to say the pie. They yeah. put a ton of cheese on there. You you get like stuffed after one piece, but it's so good that you just keep eating it. Oh, it's it's so good. The pie's pizza is so good. Oh my gosh. It's just disgusting. The best thing that I can compare it to is like New York, Sicilian pizza, Chicago pizza. The pie is sort of like that. And like when you're out here in the West... You don't get that kind of Chicago pizza, the New York pizza. No, no. But it's the closest thing that we can get to it. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's got good flavor. It has the flavor. It has so good flavor. I love the flavor. So I think our government's upside down. I think I think they've been elected for them and not the people. Mm -hmm. I think it's supposed to be um, they represent the people and what they represent is their own agenda and a bunch of bullshit. And they don't govern. I think that's totally upside down. I think the whole pizza and cheese thing is upside down yep, a bit. Yep, like, done. what the hell? I mean, give me some freaking mozzarella. Yep. You know what I got for Christmas was a, mm. a Traeger grill yes. and a pizza stone. 
I'm gonna make me There's some a pizza. pizza stone for the trigger. Yeah, I got it. Kim got it for me for Christmas. I'm gonna make me some pizza. Maybe That's I'll amazing. do it tonight. Get, bring you over some pizza. That sounds amazing. Yeah, like, I did not know the trigger did that. Oh yeah, man, it's a freaking killer kind of. Just for all you people out there who are, like to grill, if you don't own a trigger, um, you got some. You, you, you need to learn. You have total issues. You don't have unconditional no, love. Not for grilling. No, you don't. No, if you have unconditional love for grilling, you own a trigger. Yeah. Or some kind of pellet-fed item that. Jesus would own a trigger. He would have it. You know what? He'd be the master chef of the trigger. Well done. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, he'd be able to that kill it. Done. Yeah, he would just, it just kill it. Like, yeah. So um, what else is upside down? I don't know. I feel like, oh, we're doing really good, though, at dropping brands that we're not getting paid to drop brands. For, but I know. I mean, What's I like up with that? But this, this is who we are. We enjoy what we enjoy. Yeah. yeah. Life karma is not upside down, but we may put the logo upside down to say it, make a statement. Right? Is, is, that, is the, that is the hoodie that we're dropping is the logo is upside down on the back of it. I mean, what a better conversation started that. Hey, hey, bro, the logo's upside down. That's weird. That's weird. Oh, yeah, you know what else is weird? All the tax dollars that are being wasted. Oh, oh you think? Like or, the bureaucracy and waste no, in government? Yeah. You know what else is weird? That's There's upside no down. cheese on my pizza last night. That's upside down. Yeah. Yeah. Caffeine-free Coke Zero that I'm drinking right now, I feel like that's upside down. That's upside. You know what else is upside down? Mm. Sugar. Oh, man. I, that is so upside down. I've just eaten, I've eaten a year's worth of sugar. I've had the allotment of one year's worth of sugar in the last three weeks, mm. and my body wants to die. Like, oh. I, all my joints are hurting. I'm, I probably so gained good. 12 pounds, but it's upside down because it tastes good. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you think it's good for you, but it is not good for you. Yep. Sugar is terrible for you. It's kind of like dating in college. Yeah. Feels good. Does it? Yeah, but then if like you got sugar, you if you got some sugar on a date, then it probably feels good. That's what I'm saying. Then it's good, and then you're like, crap. Yeah, dating in college was very under. It was upside down for me. Yeah, I bet Bo and Johnny Walker had a great time dating in college. Well, no, didn't no, they so. did. Yeah, well, but they, Johnny knew his wife early, right? I think he knew his wife early. Bo was Mister. Bo was a. He's a social butterfly, and mm -hmm. he dated um, so surprising numerous, numerous women in college. Oh boy. And the thing about Bo is he looks like Jesus, and he's super good looking, and the women just threw themselves at him, and uh, it caused some challenges for him. Oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> Bo, I'm sorry, Bo. But then Stephanie got a hold of him and said, you need to get your shit together, boy, and you know, either yeah. get serious with me or not. Yeah. And he, I think she scared him into realizing that if he didn't commit to her, that he was going to lose a wonderful woman. And Well, I heard Bo got caught making out in my garage before I moved in. You got to be kidding me! You no, know, he was making out with somebody, and I heard he got caught bad. No, Kim, Kim told me that he got caught in your garage in making, garage, out, making, making out with some girl. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like him and Ben both. They're making out with girls like in the front of our I house. No, thank you, Ben and Bo. You've provided my wife with so oh, much entertainment. So much juicy. <laughs> that was juicy entertainment. So, so my son Ben dated this one. His high school sweetheart, Tanisha. And he actually married Tanisha, and he loves her dearly, and they're just wonderful. They've been married for three years. When they were dating in high school and right after high school into college, they, they'd stay out in our front yard, and they would start, you know, making out and getting a little jiggy with it outside the car kind of thing. And, 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 and Brian's, Brian lives right across the street. 
And his wife would go to the, she'd go to the window and she'd see him. And then she'd call all of her friends in the neighborhood and they'd go, go check out Ben and Tony. They're making out again on, right now, you know, outside the front porch. And it was like the whole community. It was hilarious. They had no idea. Well, Our whole neighborhood's right watching. Under the street light. Yeah. So it's like, a, it was it's like, like a, an invitation. Well, it was like a, it was like a, a two person play. It was like a romantic yes, exactly. comedy. It was exactly romantic comedy. Yeah, Emily would be like, "Hey, Brian, come here. Look at this. Look, look at this. They're making out hard." I'd be like, "I don't want to see that." Yeah, why would you? I'm want not to gonna see that? get up just no. to like say I made saw those two making out. Nah, yeah, hard that, pass. Yeah, like hard pass on that. That's yeah. like weird. But all the ladies in the neighborhood really enjoyed it. So thank you, Ben, for that yeah, one. Ben, Ben, will, you, yeah. you'll go to an upside down right there. neighborhood history. <laughs> You go in neighborhood history. End of the cul-de-sac history. We should do like a Hall of Fame. Hall of the cul-de-sac Hall of Fame. The cul-de-sac Hall of Fame. It's yeah. fascinating. But that would yeah. be fascinating. I guess it's just a hot spot for the Bracken boys to make out. Mm-hmm. So you know what can be upside down mm. is um, um, youth sports. Oh, my gosh, yeah. can be upside down. Like some poppy thinks their kid's like the greatest thing since sliced bread. And, and then they suck and they play their kid and they suck. Their kid sucks and... That's totally upside down. Yep. Parent, <clears throat> parenting and sports usually don't mix very well. Yeah. Yeah. I coached my kids in Little League football for 15 years. And I sat them down and I said, listen, I won't be your coach. But if you suck, you're not going to play. And if you call me dad on the practice field, I'm going to make you run laps and do push-ups. So yep. I'm coach on the practice field. And because you're my son, you have to be an example to everybody. So I'm going to be harder on you. So just yes. get used to it. Yep. The benefit is that we're going to have a lot of quality time together. And yep. you're going to learn the game of football really good. And you're going to be a badass. So whatever you, you know, it's up to you. And uh, they all ponied up to it. And they were all incredibly great athletes. And uh, and uh, most, most of them had their college paid for through their athletics. But, but it was hard mm-hmm. because I had a lot of parents complain that their children were Heisman Trophy winners. And they, they, did, they couldn't even... They sucked at football was not the sport for them because if you don't have like the edge, you know, if you don't want to like just physically get nasty with people because football is very in its, at its basis, at its foundation, it's a very primal game, very primal yeah. game. Did I ever tell you the story about the one time I asked my dad to go talk to the coach for me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure that oh, went over well. Oh my gosh. I remember exactly. I went into his room and I'm like, dad, I am getting screwed. That coach needs to be playing me more. You know it. I know it. Will you go talk to the coach? My dad stops. He looks at me. He's like, no. I'm like, what? You know I'm getting screwed. Why will you not go talk to the coach? He's like, Brian, you need to be so good that they have to play you. I'm not going to go talk to the coach. You get better. You get so good that they look stupid for not playing you. Yep. That's exactly what I told my children. I'm like, listen. If you're not playing, it's your fault. No one else's. So make make uh, make there be no no doubt in anyone's mind that you should be out there playing, and that's up to you. So and if you and if you're not playing and it's close, it's up to you to to make the difference up. Well, it's upside down if you do it any other yeah, way. Exactly, because if you oh, I'm like where we live, you guys, where we live is notorious for parents talking to coaches. The poor coaches at our high school. I mean, I happen to know. Um, our, when my boys were playing high school football, the head football coach was a very good friend of mine. And that man, he got, he got annihilated by angry parents all the time. It was totally upside down. 
and they would just bitch that their kid's not playing or whatever. And, you know, we were usually good. We usually won our region. We usually went to the playoffs. You know, when Bo was a senior, he went to state. When Ben was a senior, they had a couple. They went deep into the state playoffs. Jake's team, when he was a senior, just sucked. But <clears throat> they had a different coach. But the point is, it's totally, it was totally upside down. And I'm like, no, you got to let your kids. This is how, like, I don't know how you learn work ethic in, in our day and age. Because back 50 years ago, you worked on the farm. You did chores. You, you know, there's such a heavy requirement on you physically. Today, there's no requirement on kids physically. And so we use, Zero. you know, we use sport to teach them work ethic. And like we had our kids involved in music and sport and and uh, art and like everything that we could possibly think of, so that they would grab a hold of something and and learn a work ethic around it. Yeah. Well, here's my thing: is like you you gonna go talk to your kids' boss someday when they have a job? <laughs> my son should have a raise. Damn my it. son needs a raise this year. You know, and you're paying him way too little. And his work hours are way too long. Yes, and he's working way too hard. Yes, you're gonna this talk is not to good for him. You talk to your son's wife about showing more affection. Don't you? You're like yeah, you're not giving him much affection at all. I mean, like think about how upside down that would be. But why is it not? But then when it comes to sports, it's not upside down. Right. To, no, to uh, most people. Because yeah, everybody's the hero of their own story. Right. Everybody's, you know, better than, you always think, you always overestimate your contribution in life to anything. Contribution to society in general. Yeah, totally. Right. Totally. You, over, you overestimate everything. Truth is, people can live without you. Companies can live without you. Yep. You, even though it's, it would be hard, your family can live without My you. My wife can live without me. She can. Yeah, she'd be fine, probably. She probably, yeah, she'd be fine. Oh yeah, are you kidding me? She yeah, she'd be fine. She would be. She would make the best of it. But she'd you know. probably have like three boyfriends to buy her stuff for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> she she need to find some high maintenance, you know. It went. Yeah, dude. she'd be like, oh, this husband thing. I don't know, but this three boyfriend thing, <sighs> working out. A lot Christmas of, time. A lot of attention. Christmas time. It comes around. Worked out well. Yeah, I, I took this photograph of the Arnold family. We did a photo shoot, and and I um, and there's this picture of M in a queen chair in a in a queen's chair with all the the boys around her, and it mm -hmm. looks really good. And I printed a big old picture of it up. It looks Brian. natural. Yeah, she's like, I'm the Queen Latifah. You yeah. guys do what yeah. I say. Yes, he's the boss. Yeah. You do what I tell you to. Life is a lot better. Yeah, that's how I love you unconditionally. Is you do everything I tell you to. That's him. That's how you do it. Mm -hmm. That's upside no down. No conditions. No conditions. None. You do what I say. There's no conditions to it, and we'll be fine. You know, there was conditions because <clears throat> we didn't get Bo here. <clears throat> yeah, whatever. What's up with that, Bo? Bo. We didn't yeah. get Bo here. No. You no. Know, we didn't yeah. get Johnny Walker. Oh, here. yeah, sure. I can do Yeah, I can do that, guys. And then he doesn't show. Yeah, he doesn't show. What is up with that? I don't know, but I think I'm going to talk some bad trash on it, like on the website or something. You should. You should talk about trash. Like, you he, should. He Listen, you have to understand that. I, Bo Bracken, am the master of the creation of the podcast. Now, I have the ultimate power to do what I will and add what I must. You can talk all of the shiz that you want, but in the end, I am all powerful. I am in control. And I will. He won't miss another one. You should take back the Yeezys you gave. Oh, Judas. I know. Hey, Johnny, there was a size 13 box sitting over here on your chair. 
Well, you missed it, Walker. You didn't come, so you didn't get your Jesus. No, we didn't get anything. Yeah, no Damn, doubt, so man. Upside down for you, too. Yeah, sucks, sucks to be you on that oh one. Oh, my gosh. So check out the new hoodie. Mm-hmm. You have to check it on the side. I think, you know, I wore it last week. Got lots of comments. Very like, just cool. people pointed, like, hey, you know that's upside down. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Yeah. You know, like, you just get people kind of looking at it a little bit too long. And they're wondering if it's just like a misprint. It's not. It looks good upside down anyways, to be honest with you. I don't know yeah, why. it looks really cool upside down. We're going to give you some music on the way out. Hey, go check out the hoodie. Hopefully we'll see Bo and Johnny Walker next week. But me and Sam just give you a ton of wisdom. We'd love to hear your comments. Give us some comments back. You can always hit us up on Instagram, at Life Karma. Don't forget to have some conversations out there. Life isn't fair. Life is upside down. Fix it. Let's get it going. Let's yep. get out. I'm the best.